Hey everybody, it's Pastor Will. Welcome or welcome back to the Brazos Fellowship Podcast. Thank you for listening today. And at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. But more importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Good morning, everybody. It is great to see you guys. Thanks so much for being here. The last week, we're going to be wrapping up the Next Right Thing series that we've been in for several weeks now. We've been working our way through Matthew 7. I want to begin with a question, okay, as we wrap up this chapter 7. I want to start with this question. Have you ever bought a book on fitness or dieting? Anybody here? Okay, yes. All right, I know it's probably one of those, like, I don't know if I should admit this publicly, you know, um, but uh, yes, maybe you have bought a book on fitness or exercise, or maybe, and this is much worse, you got one for a Christmas gift, okay? And you're like, thanks for the subtle hint, mom, you know, appreciate that. Um, but let's say you got the book, you take it home, and you read it cover to cover, and you think, wow, this is a really good book. It's inspiring. I love it. Like, I don't see anything in here that I disagree with. You might say, I agree with all of that. You tell people, hey, this is a great book. I read it all. I, I agree. It's like, this just makes sense. This looks like it'll really work. You liked it so well, you go out and buy more books on fitness and exercise, right? Diet. You buy more books. You read book after book after book. You become something of an expert. All your friends know, hey, if you have any questions about diet or exercise, you should go talk to him or her. Like, they, they have read pretty much everything out there. Let's say in time, you're, you're going to a doctor's appointment. Uh, the doctor does a physical and says, look, your blood pressure's a little high. You need to get more exercise. And your first response is, <laughs> okay, doc, uh, something you need to know about me. I'm kind of an expert on fitness and dieting and exercise. Like, uh, everybody kind of knows this about it. I've read pretty much everything out there on the topic. What do you think your doctor would say to you, right? What would your doctor say? Hey, you know those authors that you've been reading? They didn't write those books so that you would look at it and agree with it and say, oh, this is such good information. I need to make sure other people are reading this book. No, they wrote those books so you would go home and do it, right? That you would put it into action in your life. That's the funny thing about fitness. It's one of those funny things that if you don't put it into practice, you don't benefit from it, right? Just knowing the information is not enough, right? It's not enough. You will not benefit. You have to actually put it into practice. You have to apply it. In other words, agreeing is different than doing, right? You could read those books. You could even listen to podcasters, TED Talks, on people talking about fitness and diet and exercise, and you're like, oh, this is good. Man, this girl, this guy, they are spreading the gospel of fitness. Woo, preach, go on, come on. This is awesome, man. I'm getting a warm fuzzy inside. This is awesome. But if you don't go out and do it, you never get any fitter, do you? And Jesus knew this about us as people, that there is a tendency in all of us to do just enough, or we listen, we participate to just a certain level where we don't really have to do a whole lot, right? He knew this about us. So he told a parable right here at the end of his most 
famous sermon. We're going to look at it today. And this parable is to help us to understand when we come to the crossroads of, okay, I'm hearing this from God's word. I'm hearing this from the teaching of Jesus. And this is going to force me to make a decision. Either I'm going to apply it or I'm not going to apply it. Like what I'm hearing is different than what I'm doing, so I better leave here and make some tough decisions about how I'm going to apply this, right? When you're at the crossroads, Jesus is saying, let me help you with the next right thing. Let me help you to know what you ought to do next. Every time you get that feeling, that little conviction, that little like, oh man, this is good. Woo, awesome. You're taking really good notes. That's great. All that's wonderful. You want to re repost it, you know, on social media. That's wonderful, right? But what should you be doing personally with that information? Let's take a look. Matthew chapter 7, starting with verse 24. We're going to work our way to the end of the sermon today. Jesus says, and again, let's read the highlighted words together, if you would. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like what? Like a wise man, right? Who built his house on the, the rock. So Jesus is showing us there should be a correlation in your life between hearing, practicing, and bedrock. All right? Let me just maybe give it to you this way, get you to think about it. I am a guitar owner. I know you're impressed with that. I own a guitar. It's actually, if I, technically, my daughter owns it now. She's at her place. But anyway, I have, for years and years and years, every time we moved, I pack up the guitar, I take it with me. It's a cool guitar. When I'm holding it, you'd be like, wow, that's a good-looking guitar. You know, like, really cool. But I am a guitar owner. Justin Gilbert that leads our worship band, our worship leader here, he's a guitar player, okay? You know the difference between being a guitar owner and a guitar player? It's that word right there. He practices and I don't. Now, I, I did practice way back, you know, in college. I was, I mean, I could shred like four chords. But anyway, not anymore. I, I've completely lost all of that. But yeah, he practices and I don't. He puts it into practice. Now Jesus talks about, here's where that makes all the difference for you and I, okay? That little word practice right there. He says in verse 25, he's talking about the same guy, right? Who hears, practices, bedrock. Rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house. What's happening? He's going through a storm of life, right? Metaphorical. This is a literal storm, but metaphorical, we all go through storms of life, right? Yet, going through the storm, yet, Jesus said, it did not fall. He's talking about the house, right, that this guy's built. It did not fall. Why? Because it had its foundation on the, on the rock, right? So, it would be foolish for us to move forward with this parable without stopping and asking a critical biblical interpretation question what does the rock mean what does it represent in the parable what does the rock represent now if i can be honest growing up in church i've heard lots of different things i used to uh, hear you know uh, the rock um, is like good theology good doctrine which is wonderful like that is important for sure but that's not what jesus is talking about not right here uh, some people have said, well, the rock is the church. 
right? Well, the church is certainly important, the bride of Christ. Jesus gave his life for the church, but that's not what he's talking about right here. What is he talking about right here? What is the rock supposed to represent? Let me give it to you. The rock are those who practice what Jesus said. In other words, they apply the word of God. They take it and they say, ooh, this is, this is not what I'm doing. <laughs> and I'm gonna go home and figure out how to put this into practice. And the most powerful form of that is when we get to do that with others. This is why small groups are so powerful and so important. But it's, it's an opportunity to do it in community. But Jesus here is, is simply talking to his audience and just saying, listen, I want you guys not to miss this. This is so important that this makes all the difference. Now, he turns his attention um, to another person. Now, this, th let's say this other guy, uh, this other person is the next door neighbor. Maybe they live across the street from each other. And this is what he says. This is the other approach that he was seeing that was happening both in his day and in our day. Verse 26, he says this. He says, but everyone who, let's say it again, hears, all right, you're starting to see some similarities here, hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice. Okay, hear it, does nothing with it, right? Hears it, but doesn't put it into practice is like what? Like a foolish man, right? Who built his house on sand. Okay, the rain came down, the, rain, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house. There is a reason why Jesus uses the exact same words. He's saying, we're all going to go through storms. Everybody's going to face some literal form of what this metaphorically points to, okay? There's a storm that happens, but what happens with this guy, like the other guy was, yet it did not fall. This one is, and it fell with a great crash. Let's try that one more time, a little louder. A great crash. Wow, that sounded like a crash. Now, let me just say this. I bet everybody here can think of somebody you know who's had a great crash. You know somebody personally, and maybe even hurt, it hurt you. They were so close. I, I've talked to several people this morning, had some prayers with some people. They, are, they were close to, and some of them are even personally like, there's a great crash. They didn't say it exactly like that. That's what they're going through. It's a great crash. Hard, difficult, painful, gut-wrenching, hard thing. Sometimes it's somebody famous, and we see it splashed across the, the pages of uh, newspapers and magazines, and we're like, oh, yeah, look, they should have known better, right? It's easy to judge when you're far away. But everybody goes through a storm, and sometimes they crash. Even Christian people. And just to be clear, that's who Jesus is talking about here. These people weren't pagans that were out there running from God. No, they're coming to hear the words of Jesus, right? They're showing up at the same church service, Bible study. They listen to the same podcast. They read the same books. They go through the same Bible study. They go to the, the you know, maybe the same seminary. Maybe they go to, I don't know, whatever the training where they're being exposed to God's word. It's the same. But yet, he says, they do something critically wrong that you all, we all need to st stop and have some self-examination. 
they have the great crash because they made the wrong choice. They fell into the just agreeing without practicing. Just saying, mm, praise God, that's amazing, that's amazing, that's crazy good. I'm taking good notes and I'm going to send this to all the people I know that need to hear it, right? But he's saying, what are you doing with it? How are you practicing it? In other words, what Jesus is telling us, we read between the lines here, we cannot, we cannot become a disciple. This is a follower of Jesus, a disciple, and stay the same. We can't. You can't. Any more than someone who falls madly in love with another person and they commit to them for the rest of their life in marriage, the covenant of marriage, and then they decide, I'm going to go ahead and just continue business as usual as a single person. You can't do that, can you? Those are mutually exclusive. You want a healthy, good, successful marriage? You're going to have to change your ways, right? This last weekend, Leslie and I got to go to an incredible um, wedding shower for my niece, Summer Lewis, and her fiancé, Colby. And they are madly in love. They're going to get married this spring. And they were talking to both of them, they're making all kinds of plans to change their single life so that they'll have a successful married life. That they're, they're, they're giving up, changing addresses, moving, consolidating their stuff, all the things so that they can be together. I want you to see how this metaphor, it parallels our relationship with God. You can't continue in love with him and the kind of relationship that Jesus is calling us to and continue also business as usual the way you used to live. It, just like in a good marriage, now every decision you make, every big deal that you go through, you have to stop and say, every decision is now made in light of that relationship. I have to consider her. I have to consider him now. I have to consider God now going forward. He, he should be a part of this. This is, we're partnering with all of life now. Every morning you get up, like God is there. Jesus is gonna be your partner all the way through this day. He never leaves you alone. Every decision, he's gonna provide wisdom. If you call out, you ask for it, you lean on him. He's willing to do that, right? Now, if you are somebody who says, I'm gonna go into marriage or relationship with God, let's say you do go into marriage and you don't change, you just continue business as usual. Well, there's one of two conclusions we have to go to, right? First, either you didn't understand the commitment you were making. You were oblivious to how serious and how important the, the, the commitment was. In other words, we would say, you're dumb, right? That's not very smart. You didn't consider, you didn't count the cost, you didn't think about what this was gonna entail. Or you did know, but you didn't really mean it. In other words, you're only in this relationship to get something out of it. You're using the other person. You're using them. You're, 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 you're cruel, in other words, evil. So Jesus is saying, don't be dumb and don't be cruel, right? Don't, don't be these people. I want you to consider carefully the commitment to be a disciple, to follow, and let every decision be filtered through this relationship with God. So let's take a minute and talk about these two builders because I think uh, understanding how they're similar and how they're different is so powerful and important for us today. So let's first start with talking about what, how they were similar, okay? Both heard his word. 
Both heard his word. Both were sitting in that, that Bible study, that, that service. They heard it. Both are building a house. In other words, it's like Jesus is saying, every single one of you that can hear my voice, that are here watching online, you are in the life construction business. You are building a house, a metaphorical house that represents your life. I don't care if you're homeless today. You're still building a life with your decisions, with your choices, with what you're doing, and whether you're applying or not applying what Jesus says. You're building a house. Now, it may not be a very good house, but you're building one nonetheless. It's one that you will have to live with and your kids will have to live with and everybody will have to live with the consequences of the type of house that you build. We're all building a house. Now, this is the other part that sometimes we miss. Both houses look similar from the outside. They, they, they may even look really impressive from the outside. From looking from the street, you can't really tell which house is different? What is even different? It would take a very discerning eye to tell much of a difference at all. But it will come out in the next, the fourth point, and that is both are going to face storms. A storm of life is coming, and let me just say, you, you either are coming out of a storm, you're in the middle of a storm, or you're about to go into a storm. I know that's not super encouraging to hear that today, but it's reality, and Jesus knew that about this, this earth and about our experience as humans on this planet. That is the way it's going to go. Don't feel like, well, I'm a Christian. I shouldn't be experiencing anything hard, anything challenging. Um, read the Bible, okay? Uh, that, that is just not the case. That God will see us through, and he will never leave us alone, but we are going to face hard things. We're going to have to, and he will deepen our faith if we'll let him, and we'll trust him through it. So here's the difference. Here's the difference. It is only in the storms of life that the differences are revealed. It is only when they're going through the storms that the part of the house you cannot see from the street, the foundation, is revealed. In other words, Jesus is showing us a right foundation makes all the difference. A right foundation makes all the difference. Back then in the first century, it was cheap, easy, fast to build a house on sand. To just build it right there on the topsoil, right? Still to this day. Now, no, now, we don't even allow that anymore. We would say that is illegal. You should not even let a person live in a house like that because it's going to fall in on them. We know better. In the first century, they, they knew better too, but people still did it from time to time. But um, to build a house, as Jesus is talking about, where you dig down past the sand, past the soil, and get down to bedrock, it takes longer, it's harder, it's a lot of work, it's more expensive, but Jesus said it is the only way to build a house that lasts. That if you want a legacy, if you want a heritage that you leave behind your children, grandchildren, something that is like, man, that was inspired, grandpa, grandma, whoever, you know, like my aunt, my uncle, who, your life becomes an inspiring model to follow, not a precautionary tale to avoid, right? Who wants to be that guy, that girl? Nobody. Jesus is saying, exactly, don't be that way. It all comes down to the foundation, to be willing to build that foundation, and it will outlast everything else. Applying, in other words, Jesus is showing applying is harder than just listening and agreeing. It requires something of us that we would dig down and that we'd be willing to 
trust God with this process of application. Jesus here is, is showing us that our, what defines our life, what defines our destiny in this life is hidden from the view of other people. It can't be seen by other people. It won't be praised by other people. It won't be the thing that you get awards for. Probably no one will write books or articles or anything because very few people will ever know you well enough to know about your foundation. He's saying it's not going to be known. But that the first century as well as the 21st century that we live in, we live in a world that caters to and applauds how impressive the house looks on the outside. So if we're not careful, we will live our whole life trying to have a beautiful, impressive house on the outside, and we will give very little to no attention to what actually matters, the foundation Jesus is showing us. It's that time with God, quiet, behind closed doors, Matthew 6 tells us, solitude, pouring out your guts to God, getting honest to God. It's, it's time in his word. It's working out application, beginning to apply it, put it into practice. It's confessing sin. It's going to someone else when I offended you and hurt you and, and, and said things, did things I shouldn't have, and I'm asking you, I'm confessing to you, I'm asking your forgiveness, which rarely happens among Christians even that people are willing to have that kind of courage, people who are willing to give selflessly, be willing to give faith-stretching amounts of money and energy and service to bless other people, to be the answer to other people's prayers. I'm telling you, there is very little in this life that will bless you more than knowing that you got used to be a blessing to someone else. It's beautiful. But all of what I'm talking about is foundational stuff. It's down underneath the house. Nobody but God knows about them. You see, the Lord alone knows our foundation. The world is impressed with the outside, the impressiveness of how the house, but only God knows the real, true foundation. And Jesus here is warning us. He's saying, there is such a detriment. It's not just to you, but to your kids and your kids' kids and to the generation coming behind you. And many of you are aware of this, but there have been recent studies that show that increasing numbers of Christians, particularly young adult Christians, that are walking away from the faith. They're pushing back on their faith. They're questioning, they're deconstructing. And I can't help but wonder if part of the problem isn't a pervasive, popular, superficial Christianity that has invaded and pervaded our society and our, even our Christian communities that have made it more about the impressive outwards than the actual foundation building impressive houses instead of really taking the time to deeply deal with God on the things in our life that really cause us to trust him like we've never trusted him before. And this is so important that you're, we're willing to do these things that I talked about. Trust him. Because according to Jesus, this is where the house truly gets its strength and it's power. It's from you and I learning how to do 
the quiet behind closed doors when nobody else is looking, nobody else knows about it, commitment and obedience to Jesus out of humility. So here's the question. I want you to think, I think this is so important to ask this question. What would he say, he being Jesus, what would he say about yours, your foundation? If Jesus could sit down and have a conversation with you, what do you think he would say to you? To say, here's the area I'd like you to trust me more on. Here's the area I'd like you to trust me, to walk with you through, to, to let me help you to begin to apply my word to your life in an area that maybe you haven't before or it's been a long time or you've been like, I'll give you all this, Lord, but not this. I'm good. I'm not gonna trust you with this. But I would encourage you today that you would be willing to say, Jesus, please show me. Where have I just been listening? I've been hearing your words and I've been agreeing. I've been nodding along. Oh, absolutely. I've even taken great notes, but I'm not practicing. Where is that happening for you today? Because we can have an impressive house. You, you can have staggering knowledge about the Bible, theology, all kinds of deep thoughts about God. You can have all of that, ladies and gentlemen, and be a biblical fool, according to Jesus. And it's high time that we understand that. He wants us to take his word and put it into practice. It, it, like, if Jesus was here, he, he would even say, I would rather you understand less but apply it than understand a whole lot and not. But our culture today does just the opposite. And we venerate and we hold up people sometimes. Whew. The substance isn't there. And I just want to encourage you, let's not be those people. Let's really take this to heart. Let's let God move us to a place of application, maybe where we've not had the courage in the past. And that is my prayer. I'm asking you to join me today. It's simply to say this. Here's the application prayer. Jesus, I want to be a true disciple, right? A true disciple. Christian in more than name only. I'm not just calling myself this. One of the beautiful applications of the, 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 one of the Ten Commandments that says don't take the Lord's name in vain is the idea that when you become a believer, you take on the name of the Lord. Do not take it in vain. Do not take it and then not let it change you to the core of your being because you have missed the point. Jesus is showing us, right? He's saying, I want you to be a Christian more. I want you to be a disciple, a real true follower. I commit to practice your word, Jesus, to put it into practice, building a firm foundation. And right now, I'd love for you to uh, pray with me and, and during our prayer, I'm inviting the band back out, and they're going to lead us in a beautiful, powerful song entitled Firm Foundation. And I pray that you will just sing it with all you got and let it be your prayer today. But in our prayer time right now, I want to ask you to commit to say, Jesus, I'm committing to take, this, take that next step. I'm going to level up on my seriousness of putting your word into action in my life and not treat it optional, not just listen and agree, but apply, practice, right? And for those of you who have never asked Christ in your life, maybe you would say, I do not have a relationship with Jesus. I don't know where I would spend eternity if I were to die suddenly, God forbid, 
But today's the day you can nail that down. Ask Christ into your life to forgive your sin, that you may be cleansed from all unrighteousness and that he might be the Lord of your life. You can do that right now in a prayer. If you would, let's bow together in prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your love. We thank you that your love is so powerful. Your truth is so transformative and penetrating to our lives that if we will take it, trust you, invite you to help us in this process, but put it into practice. God, it will change us. It will change more than just our behavior. It will change our heart, our minds. It will change our, our destiny. The power, God, of our life, the strength of this house that we're building will come from the foundation of applying your word. All across this room right now, I want to ask you just as a, while we're praying, as an act of courage and faith unto the Lord, would you just ask God right now, Lord, help me to apply your word more. If that is your prayer, would you join me in just raising your hand? I want to pray for you right now. Lord, help me to apply your word more. God bless you guys. Thank you. Hands all over the floor, up in the balcony. God, thank you. I pray, Lord, you would help us, even right now, to illuminate to our minds God, where that next step needs to take place. What is that next decision? A priority of our time that we need to begin, begin giving some of our daily time to you, to talk to you, to be in your word, to begin to give, to set aside a percentage of everything you bless us. Give it, to give it towards the things of God, the kingdom of God. Lord, help us to begin to take these steps. It is, it is the breakthrough that many of us have been wanting and praying for for a long time, and here it is. It's time. Are you ready? Ball's in your court. Would you say yes? Jesus, I'm saying yes to you right now. You may lower your hands. And Lord, right now, I pray for every person in the room that would say, I want a relationship with you, Lord. I, I, I have wandered from you. I maybe have never had a relationship. I want it to be right. Would you forgive me of all my sin? This is what the cross makes available to us, forgiveness, that we might be made into new creations in Christ Jesus. Would you just ask him right now, Jesus, forgive all my sin and be the Lord, the leader of my life from this moment forward. Forgive my sin, be the leader of my life. Forgive my sin, be the leader of my life. Would you pray that right where you sit? If you just prayed that for the first time, asking Christ to forgive your sin and be the leader of your life, would you just boldly as an act of faith, I want to pray for you right now, would you just lift your hand right where you sit? God bless you right back here on the wall. Anybody else? I'm giving it all over to Jesus. Anybody else? In the balcony, in the floor, trusting God. God bless you right back over here. Thank you. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Giving it all over to Jesus. I pray that you would share this decision with somebody today, another believer who will celebrate this with you, and that you'll be back with us, help us to begin to walk with you so we might have the opportunity to help you take these next steps together, that we might do the next right thing together. We praise you, Jesus, for hearing our prayer. Thank you for the life change we've seen today. We love you. We pray it all in the amazing name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Brazos Valley, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services. 
For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environments, visit us at brazosfellowship.com. That's brazosfellowship.com.